Hello and welcome to How Pod. This is episode three. I'm Simon. And I'm Steve. And on today's episode, we are trying to answer the question, can YouTube replace a standard college education? Can YouTube replace college? We're talking about just a standard four-year degree here, right, Simon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Anything, nothing beyond that, because, uh, you know, if we're thinking about, like, residencies for, like, a uh, medical degree or something like that, I guess that's the question. Hands-on, hands-on education. Can it replace that? Hmm. Well, there's a lot to be said about that, and we're going to explore some of those topics today on How Pod. So, what should we open up with first? Uh, how expensive college is currently. So, there's a statistic out, statistic out there saying that over three quarters of all students incur at least $30,000 in debt after a four-year college degree. And that's an incredible amount of money. I know myself, when I graduated, I had my own fair share of student loans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm still paying them off. There's, there's uh, so, much, so much money. And could I have done it on YouTube? Could I have self-taught myself? You always hear that. You always hear us people saying, "Oh, I'm self-taught. Uh, taught myself how to do this," and not needing to go to that, you know, four-year college to get that like holy grail piece of paper. Right. And to some companies, they just look at that paper as, you know, when they're looking to hire someone, they'll look at the piece of paper, the college degree, as a rite of passage that you have learned everything you need to learn proof. and you're ready to start that field. But are you? Hmm. Like, is it, is it seriously proof? Like, I know you've tested yourself. You've done the courses but i don't know couldn't you've just done that on youtube and i think that it definitely changes with each degree um like i my myself i went to art school um you know took that liberal arts degree and i did myself uh, i'm not sure if i did myself a favor but i enjoyed i enjoyed the hell out of it so a lot of fun four years it's actually five years i took my time and could i have learned those skills for you know drawing welding casting and mold making painting easily Easily could have gone on to YouTube and just learned those skills. Could I have had the drive to do it. Like I would have been sitting home. Like I'd have to make myself a deadline, a curriculum almost, at least a painting a week, and then get feedback from a mentor, professor, and you wouldn't be able to get that with YouTube. And that feedback component is something very interesting, something imperative to a lot of educational programs that uh, it's almost the core of assessment when you are in a standard typical college setting yeah so but why do we need the feedback hmm. well someone argued that feedback is essential for learning why you did something incorrectly or what you can do to improve on that skill makes sense all right so what are some other pros about going on youtube and learning yourself well, apart from the fact that YouTube is free to access it's for free. anyone, yep. uh, it's incredibly accessible. From YouTube's own statistics that they posted on their website, mm-hmm. uh, over 1 billion hours, that's billion with a B, oh my gosh. hours of video are watched worldwide. Now, 1 billion hours, <laughs> we definitely won't assume that all of that is educational. Majority yeah. of it is probably cat videos. Yeah, baby shark, do-do-do. Baby sharks, maybe some car accidents. Oh, yeah, like how, how like uh, America's Funny Home Video kind of stuff. Of course. So they're not all educational. And YouTube's only been around since, like, 2005. But those 14 years, we've been able to teach ourselves, you know, some small things, like around the house, like, you know, some people may not know how to do simple things, and they're kind of embarrassed to say that, but they can now go on line and figure out how to change that light bulb or how to change their oil in the car 
and educate themselves. You recently did something like that, right? I did. I did. Um, so I just recently took a, a road trip in my uh, car. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Well, you can take road trips by foot, but that's more of hiking, I would say. Yeah, I would say a foot trip. <laughs> foot trip. <laughs> well, you're still on the road, I suppose. So it was a wheel trip in an automobile. Yeah, wheel trips. So one of the things I needed to do with my car inspection to make sure my car is ready for the 1,000 mile mm-hmm. venture was to change my cabin air filter so that myself and my passengers would have clean breathing air. Well, and we did. But yeah. the the <laughs> the shop that I took it to, um, they wanted to charge me 80 bucks for parts and labor. So mm-hmm. I knew that that was just uh, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew that I've changed a cabin air filter on my previous car, a uh, 2000 old Mercury Cougar, and it took me 30 minutes. So I figured, why not? There so I went down to my nearest auto parts store, purchased the part, the cabin air filter for about 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I went to YouTube and in the search bar, I typed in the exact make and model of my car. Mm-hmm. And after that, I typed in the keywords cabin air filter replacement, found myself a nice galore of videos, watched a couple of them. And after a couple of hours of trial and error, I was able to change my own cabin air filter. There you go. And I think your drive there, like we were talking earlier, was that you needed to do it. Right. Not only did I need to do it, but I wanted to save that money. Well, there you go. And I think that's the to answer go to go back and answer the essential question here, which is, can YouTube replace college? You need the drive to master a skill over a couple of years. Right. And I, I've always heard that statistic that I'm not sure if it's it goes back to uh, Japanese craftsmanship that you need to have like the 10,000 hour mark. Right. Being 10,000 hours into a craft. To, be, to make yourself like a, a master... To master a skill. To master a skill. Okay. So are you going to put 10,000 hours into... That's a lifetime worth of skill. That's not that's not something you can do in four years. Certainly not. So um, I guess just having the drive to keep yourself accountable, to stick to it. But then in the end, I guess, really, you don't get a piece of paper at the end of a YouTube education. Even if you did learn the whole skill and you're great at it, you're not getting that golden piece of paper that is so valuable in um our you know american western society right it's very it's 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 almost like it's automaticity with uh, american education you Mm -hmm. know you graduate high school you pick a post-secondary education school to go to yeah a lot of people select a university or college four-year track and then you get a job in something totally different (laughs) you get a job in something totally different that's the american dream you switch around your majors several times like i did myself right I guess having like a nice pool of skills would be nice, but you really, what if we were talking about, so if you went to a, an employer and said, hey, I got all these skills, um, and they asked, what's your certification? Oh, well, I learned all of it on YouTube. Uh, what are they going to say? They're probably going to say, sorry, dude, go back to... <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, but what if you know the skills just as well or even better than a four-year degree person? And perhaps you may as an individual, depending on who you are, if you had, if you took that initiative to teach yourself yeah, and yeah. practice if those skills. If you had the drive to teach yourself and to uh, at least master skills well enough to get a job in the field, um, I feel like you deserve it. And I guess that, that changes upon uh, you, you find yourself in a hard battle against all the other candidates, I would imagine, though. Right, of course, especially if they – imagine if a company were to receive 100 – uh, applications for a certain mm-hmm. position. They're not going to want to interview 100 people. No. Uh, typically not. No one has time for that. So they're going to want a quick way to weed out all of the people who won't fit, all the candidates who won't fit that position. Right. So they're probably going to look at people who don't meet all the potential qualifications. And if people, if a company hiring says that a four-year college degree in your field is a requirement, they'll probably 
flag your resume, flag your mm-hmm. application, and yeah, just get rid of it. You're totally right. But I, I honestly, I think it depends on the employer. I think it depends on the industry. Um, I had a friend who was in the software engineering industry, and he said that he, his department at this uh, tech company um, hired a high school dropout. Hmm. But his portfolio of what he could do, uh, his apps that he can create, was so impressive that they hired him. So he did, He, I suppose he self-taught himself in a way that he didn't need that four-year degree. He's doing the same job. Uh, he went against the people that had all those uh, four-year degrees. But I guess his portfolio, like any job that they would look at your work before you were to get a job there. So I guess if you were, you know, um, yeah, if you were creating apps and you had a portfolio of apps or things that you did online, you could offer that up to your employer and say, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I can do. And I think how efficient you can show them how well you could do. It would be hard to do as a mechanic, right? Like, hey, this is a car that I fixed. <laughs> Just drive it up to their office and like, yeah, give it a go. Um, can you prove that? I don't know. I think it's easier to prove if you made a piece of artwork or um, maybe headshots for if you're a makeup artist, possibly. Makeup tutorials, huge on YouTube. So having a portfolio of how good you are at doing makeup or um, hairstyling or something like that would be easier. So I certainly agree with you, Simon, that it probably does depend on the type of field that you're trying to enter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you directly uh, stated that, but I'm assuming this friend that you're mentioning in this little anecdote, he right. was in the field of computer programming? Yes, yeah, software engineer. Yeah. Okay. So he's, they create uh, apps for a company, and this guy was so good that they hired him without a, co- a four-year college degree, but his portfolio of work that he had done was so impressive that they hired him. Wow, okay. And I think that that would be amazing if that's th- that becomes the new norm. We see these people, you hear people are self-taught, and they're teaching themselves at home, taking that initiative to learn something by themselves, and then having a creative way to pitch it to clients, and kind of bypassing that four-year degree and averting $30,000 worth of debt. Right. Which would be great. <laughs> I wish I did that. But, it, you're, you know, and we're 18 when we're signing that contract for those loans, like... You know, are you going to be able to figure all this out at fi- at 18? Probably not. At that age, it's hard to have the foresight to even imagine yourself in a career where yeah, you can even know be successful, doing. grow, continue to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. and still pay off all that money that you owe the government. Exactly. Well, I think in the future, I think that, you know, more video internet-based education is going to become a thing. MIT and Harvard are already putting their stuff open source. They're called math- Massive open source or open online courses, MOOCs. Uh, so MIT and Harvard have a couple of these that you can go online and just watch their lectures for free. Mm-hmm. So they're putting their lectures out there, giving open ed- open source education uh, to anyone with internet access. Okay, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, but then I guess, what do, are there courses? How do you test yourself? How do you get those assessments? Okay, how so well you can do with something. That's a pretty good segue. Do you want to talk about assessment for a minute here? Yeah, we'll talk about assessment. Okay, so assessment. How necessary is assessment for learning a new skill? It's easy to think about a little Jimmy Johns in his uh, high school algebra class. You know, his teacher teaches him a lesson on quadratic functions. Uh, they have a three-day lesson on it. They practice some in class. They have homework to practice independently. Yeah, and then he's they doing get a freaky qu- fast because he's Jimmy Johns. Freaky fast Jimmy John's, get those sandwiches out quick. So the assessment typically in math class would be, you know, a paper pencil based test. Right. Who have to answer questions based off that concept. But it's not so, assessment isn't so clear cut with learning other skills. Mm -hmm. So what would you say assessment would be for something like a car mechanic or a sculptor in their field? 
Well, yeah, and I think those are two pretty, one's objective and one's subjective, right? Does the car work? Okay. And you passed. <laughs> I don't know. Is your part that you fix, can you do it? Right. Um, can you fix a carburetor or can you change the oil efficiently or uh, identify a problem and fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And then sculpture, more subjective. Does it look good, right? And that's going to be in the eye of, eye of the critic, I suppose. But, um, you know, if you think that, if it makes you happy as an artist, I would imagine so, if it gets yourself into galleries and you can start selling selling them, yeah, you're successful at that. Um, but I, there's a bunch of people that have done this, selling artwork without going to school. Like, there are a bunch of, like, street artists are doing amazing stuff um, without having that four-year education. They just probably have practiced and practiced enough, gotten closer to that 10,000-hour mark, maybe than other people in, in college. Maybe they're just drinking and going to frat parties in college and not really focusing and are not as driven as people who are self-teaching themselves. Right, and that, that goes all the way back to the whole initiative component. Mm-hmm. Do you have the initiative to take yourself far enough to learn this skill? That's a hard thing to do, especially in this day and age. There's a lot of distractions. Um, Got to be driven enough to figure out what your goal is, and it definitely changes everybody else. It definitely changes between person to person and what you're aiming to do. But yeah, I, I would think, you know, YouTube's a young young child. It's only it's been around for like 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can evolve into a bigger education platform, and I think that the only way it would be able to replace college is if society differed its views upon the four-year degree, right? Like, you need to have this bachelor's degree. You need to have this high school diploma could you could you learn everything you did in high school online i would imagine so a lot of people do like florida virtual school how is that any different than youtube i I suppose i suppose the one big difference is having that person there but right in order to wrap this up simon that's really all we have time for today right uh, one of the main reasons why we pose this question can youtube replace a college education a Mm -hmm. typical four-year college education is we want to get a conversation going about alternatives to the standard, rigid college track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you listen to a podcast and learn uh, a lot of it? Of course. Uh, can you go on YouTube and figure out your own stuff? Yeah, um, but can that replace college? We want to hear from you guys. Comment, um, send us a... Well, I guess not send us a like. Just, yeah, comment on this podcast and share your thoughts. And uh, maybe we can continue this conversation at a later time. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of How Pod. <laughs>